Here's Paul. Dallas has fouled the gift. Booker on a three. He got it. Devin Booker gives Phoenix a one-point lead with five from long range. Durant's got 11. Crank goes down. Durant has got a highlight. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. We are back. This is going to be our last in-person segment before we go back home for Christmas. So we have quite a bit to talk about. And the holidays, as usual, the holidays, as usual, the holidays, holidays, not just Christmas, holidays, the holidays, <laughs> holidays. We like to include all the holidays. We're, we're inclusive here. We're inclusive, we're inclusive here. Yes, we are including all the holidays. So yeah, we're going to be going to Zoom segments for the next, uh, like starting from next week to probably the second to last week of July. And then we'll go back to the in-person segments once we get back to college. So yeah, expect Zoom segments. Expect more, you know, I guess more stuff on the podcast because we'll have more time to work on it maybe some changes we don't know but yeah i think winter is going to be a great time to do the podcast uh, especially on zoom we have time to work on it mm-hmm. so first segment uh i think you want to start with that yeah sure i mean we always do a little bit of a news segment so we're yeah. going to keep this one pretty short right now it's really just talking about all these COVID outbreaks with these teams right now mm-hmm. so we got the chicago bulls are absolutely riddled with it they got uh, DeMar, Kobe White, Matt Thomas, Javante Green, and Derek Jones Jr. all out on COVID protocols right now. So basically what I kind of wanted to talk about, or I guess I'll run through all the teams and then we can talk really quick about what it means for each team. Sure. Uh, so Charlotte Hornets also, LaMelo is out. I know, um, no, never mind, sorry. Uh, the Grizzlies, I was going to talk about the Grizzlies. Um, so John Morant had his knee injury, but he's out with COVID protocols again. Uh, Dylan Brooks was out yesterday with COVID protocols, but they yep. said that it was a false positive, so he's back. Um, yep. And then the Pacers also with uh, Rick Carlisle is out, so that's pretty big for the Pacers especially. But um, So I guess the main one I wanted to talk about is the Chicago Bulls because they have the most, and also it seems like one of their big pieces and DeMar DeRozan is out. Yeah. So what do you guys think that would mean for them? Um, I mean, I, I definitely think that it's going to be a little bit more of a, like, kind of like a struggle for them for a couple games. Maybe, you know, even, maybe even like, uh, you know, a couple weeks into uh, the, the upcoming schedule for them. But mm-hmm. um, I do think that they'll be able to bounce back uh, from this. I mean, their, their team chemistry is easily the best right now that we've seen in the NBA. Yeah, um, other than the Warriors. Yeah, other than maybe the Warriors because mm-hmm. they've played together for a while. But um, I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see, like, more of their potential in the second half of the season um, because then they have, like, their kind of whole groove together. But um, I think that it will affect their record a little bit for, mm-hmm. uh, for at least – Two three weeks, depending yeah. on how long that they're in COVID, mm-hmm. COVID I think, protocol. I think the COVID for. protocol currently is ten days. So so yeah, so yeah. probably around two weeks that they're they're gonna be struggling a little bit from games. But um, I have full faith that uh, that Zach Levine and um, and players like uh, Vucevic will be mm-hmm. able to and Lonzo will be able to hold down the fort. Yeah, so, I think yeah, for me exactly. at least the biggest thing. How I know you just said that's gonna mess up their schedule a little bit, their record. I think. Uh, seeding is probably going to be one of the biggest things that this comes out comes down to. If they're missing, or depending on how many games DeMar DeRozan is missing. Yeah. And, I mean, of course, if they can win without him, then obviously that's a different story. But if they're not able to win without DeMar, do you think their seed is going to kind of get a little bit messed up with well, the East? I mean, it's not going to be too many games. Yeah. Hey, well, well, let's just say right now they are the second seed with 17-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. So even if they lose quite a few games, and assuming that other teams are moving up, they'll probably drop to seven at most, I'd say. I don't think they're going to drop any lower. You think they would drop to the seventh seed? 
I said at most. Like, if they lose oh, every so single I mean, game I mean, and every yeah, other team I is, like, winning most of their games. I was going to say yeah. maybe they move down to, like, four. Four, yeah. Anything. Like, realistically. And they even be able to bounce back. Yeah, realistically, four or five, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, like, I, I'm not really concerned with it as much. Uh, you know, seeding is kind of uh, null right now until yeah. towards the uh, end of the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, yeah, they'll probably drop a couple a, a couple seeds right now. I mean, they'll probably go down to, like, Three, four, five, little around that range. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I fully expect them losing a couple games within this uh, this couple, little stretch that they have of um, their players being out. But mm. I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it lasting that long because of when they come back that they'll be fine. Yeah, so. yeah. shouldn't be shouldn't be too big for yeah. them. But um, I mean so, the other just to say, but I want to move on to the other guys. Well, so that's, that's, right. that's exactly what I was about. Oh about. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, but the, I, I can do, take the rest of it. But the other guys, I don't think it'd be that important. I'll be honest. I, don't, uh-huh. I think the most, I think the most well, impactful the, one is Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle be, right now is he? You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know what like behind the scenes coaching he's going to be doing and what that's going to affect. Zoom calls, like he's going to. Yeah. No, he's going to. No, no, no. Wait, have you guys <laughs> seen those robots? Film? Have you seen those robots with like the screen and oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So he's going to pull it up and a robot. They're going to wheel him in like the yes. cart when you were in like elementary school. Yes. They're watching the movies. They're going to wheel him on. Wheel him onto the court and start yelling at him. Through the screen, yeah. like you gotta play better defense, Turner. Stop no. getting injured. He just, he just walks up, turns the TV off. <laughs> He's like, all right, good idea. All right, all right. So yeah. more, so more on Rick Carlisle or for the Pacers in general. So as many of you have probably heard, the Pacers have decided. Oh, as this of, is a new segment, by the way. Of, as of last week, yeah. I guess to blow the team up. Um, basically, yes. they're, they're not. I guess they haven't made any moves yet, but they no. said that they were open to trades for Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon when he's available. Oh, I mean, CJ's out with a collapsed lung right now, so it sucks for the Blazers. Um, yeah, we forgot know, to mention that. Yeah. It's just kind of a, it's like a, like a devastating injury. Yeah, I mean, um, him, so that's probably going to be, I mean, season ending for sure, almost, depending on when Season and a half out. ending? But, possible, um, possible. Mm-hmm. And what it, what that means for the Blazers right now? I kind of wanted to save that for next week. Yeah. But right now, because the Blazers are not in a great spot. Dame also not in a great spot with the Blazers. Down bad. But, hint hint. Down yeah, bad. That's a, that's a whole thing right now. But <laughs> back to the Pacers. So they want to blow the team up. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Demontis Sabonis potentially on the chopping block right now. Even Karis Avert was, was, was rumored on the chopping mm-hmm. block as well. Karis Avert as well. We don't agree, but we're going to keep that ourselves. Yeah. But. This segment's mainly a what we call a 2K My GM segment. So we all had created trades that we think would be. You know, of course, we did the salary cap and everything. And we worked out the trade, uh, the picks, and everything, so they all work out like so they don't like screw up the stuff. Was it the the salary, salary cap, cap and all that stuff? So we have three hypothetical trades that will work if they want to do it. And uh, I'm going to start off with mine because mine's first. Mm-hmm. Um, so mine is with the Hornets, Charlotte Hornets. So the Hornets would receive Miles Turner. The reason why I picked them to get Miles Turner is because they need defense. They're the 30th defense in the league, and it doesn't help them Lamelo's out anyway. But the point being, their defense is not that good. So I think Miles Turner would be a great anchor. Like you know who like who you know another example of what they need is like a Clint Capella type for like the, what the Hawks have. So a great defensive center anchor at piece for for the Hornets, and then the Pacers would receive, uh, receive Miles Ma, Plumley or Mason Plumley Plumley for salary cap reasons, but then. Young players like JT Thor and PJ Washington to fill the rest of the salary, and young players to use as part of their retool, rebuild uh, part of it. And again, to fill out the rest of it is mainly picks. So I had a 2022 first round picks via New Orleans, so that'll be a better pick versus that I think their other pick was a Toronto pick. So I think they'll want the Pelicans pick just because it'll have more value than the Toronto pick. 
and then obviously two second round picks via Washington or via Boston. So it'd be the twenty twenty three second round pick and the twenty twenty four second round or twenty twenty four second round pick. So I think that's a fair trade. Again, it's mainly style cap young players for a good win now player because Hornets are in a win now mood. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I mean, I I like the pick because I I mean I like the trade because I made you it. You made so. it, yeah, obviously. I mean, I like sending Miles Turner to the Hornets from a Hornets perspective. They could definitely use the defense. Uh, especially yep. with this guy. And then also, I mean, he can kind of stretch the floor better than most other bigs in the league right now. So that would definitely be solid for them. Um, and then, I mean, the Pacers, yeah, like you said, I mean, they're blowing it up. So honestly, the assets that they're receiving in terms of players is kind of not even really what they're thinking about right now. They're thinking about picks, and these are, you know, three solid picks that they can definitely use because they already have a 2022 first-round pick, I believe, the Pacers. So... I like this one, definitely. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, this this trade was clearly sur- uh, surrounded by the, the picks, which is, I think, necessary. Um, for a rebuild, for sure. Yeah, um, and uh, I think that with, like you mentioned, with the Pelicans pick, I think that that will help them exponentially for the uh, for 2022. Um, like Reed had mentioned as well, uh, There's uh, they also have another pick for, uh, for their franchise as well. Um, so having two first round picks uh, is already really good. The only thing that I would probably change is um, the two, uh, the second round picks. But uh, obviously that makes more sense based off of salary cap. Um, if there was one more uh, first round pick, I think it would be more of an incentive for the for the Pacers to be like, okay, we got a good deal here. Mm-hmm. Um, because other than the picks, really, uh, the Hornets kind of won that trade in my opinion. Uh, Miles Turner is a lot better of a player than uh, any of the players that were traded in uh, the trade that you had previously, like what you had mentioned. The, the picks were kind of the main source of this. Um, so, I mean, I, I would say it's an overall relatively balanced trade, um, but uh, I would definitely try and change at least one of the first-round picks to – or the one of the two second-round picks to a first-round pick, in my opinion, but that's just me. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is a Trailblazers trade, which is Reed. Reed actually made it. Yeah, so this, this, trade. yeah, so this is my trade. So I got – so Pacers are receiving Yusuf Nurkic and Larry Nance Jr. Uh, and a 2023 and a 2025 first-round pick. And then they're sending over to the Trailblazers Justin Holiday, O'Shea Brissett, who honestly, I'm not going to lie, I don't even know who that is, um, <laughs> and DeMontis Sabonis. So the trade is focused around Sabonis, obviously, because you know he's obviously one of the biggest players that's going to be moving for the Pacers. Uh, I took a little bit of a different approach with this one uh, than Mokes did for his. I wanted the Pacers to get more first-round picks. I think that they're just more valuable for the rebuild. That's what I wanted them I to agree. get. So I got them a 2023 and a 2025 pick. I think that, and they have a 2022 pick, like I just mentioned. So I think that that's going to be really good for a rebuild right there. And they are, and they definitely have a few other second-round picks laying around that we probably don't know about. Um, and then. The reason why I sent Justin Holiday and O'Shea Brissett over uh, is literally just to fill cap space. Um, that was pretty much the only reason. Um, my only thing that I don't like about this trade is the fact that Yusuf Nurkic and Larry Nance are both pretty much, you know, uh, pure centers, I guess you would say. Um, mm-hmm. And then they already have Miles Turner because Miles Turner would not be moving in this trade. So that could cause some issues. But uh, in terms of a rebuild, I like this solely based on the picks. Yeah, I mean, I liked it again um, overall. And the only thing is that the Blazers, I think, are also rebuilding. So I don't know how many picks they're willing to give up. 
That's also why I was thinking about the Hornets. Uh, this could. I you mean, think I the Blazers know. are rebuilding right now. I mean, I, mean, I guess, I guess, it I guess, depends I guess. on what happens because I know that them and Damian Lillard, like, currently are, are complete in, opposites mindsets when it and, comes and to this. And they're, team. like, currently in talks about where the organization is going. So that's a whole yeah. conversation in and of itself. But yeah. if they are rebuilding, then yeah, that could be a different issue. That story. could be a different issue. But I do like the, again, the Pacers, I don't know how fit's going to work, but I think they're just trying to move Sabonis and trying to get some first mm-hmm. round first round pick re- assets. I, I did this so, one. And Larry Nance is a I wanted decent to get, player. No, they're definitely good players. Yusuf Nurkic and Larry Nance are good, don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, but they're basically pure centers. Um, yeah. But I wanted to get Dame a little bit more help yeah. in, in, uh, in, uh, the, in Portland, so that's kind of where oh, I, I decided to do uh, the Trailblazers with this one. Yeah, and Justin Holiday is a great backup point guard, so. That's all um, I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm a fan of this trade. Um, I think that it's pretty good. Uh, the only thing that I probably would do is actually switch out Sabonis with Miles Turner. You think? Um, that's a, that's just based off of my preference, just because I think, personally, the Pacers should get the fuck out of there. Yeah, with, with Miles Turner? Yeah, he just he sucks, sucks, dude. Um, I don't think he sucks. But well, he's not like sucks, but like he's not built for that franchise. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely... definitely he, yeah. I think he would fit, more he would fit better in... A winning a type different, franchise. different situation yeah, in a, a different system. I, now that I'm thinking about it more often, I actually think that a good place for Miles Turner might be like the Mavs. Mavericks? Yeah. yeah you think, well, actually, yeah. we were talking about a Mavs trade when we were discussing the hypothetical trades. We were talking yeah. about it. Um, I and think, I feel like it definitely would work for them because the Mavs need defense yeah. desperately. They need uh, defense desperately. Yeah. My, and, my yeah. only, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go quickly. On I think one it. of the main things was like, I don't know if the Mavs really have too many, like, Assets, assets that they're willing Porzingis to well definitely Porzingis well, like, but then <laughs> the problem is is Porzingis is going to want a bigger contract so I feel like yeah, he already the, has a with, bigger contract but with, the, but with the Pacers trying to rebuild I feel like taking on Porzingis is not really in a rebuild yeah. kind of mindset yeah. well you know I mean my only thing that I've I've read about <laughs> when it comes to the the Magic is, or the Mavs is because um, the reason why they had Kate Porzingis is because he's a stretch five and that you don't want to clog the paint when Luka Doncic is on your team, because mainly he's mainly a drive type of guy, like a, a power player when it comes to like driving into the paint, keeping the paint clear for him, because he can just do all his magic inside of there. And if you have another player like that, he's learned with um, when they put on, I think who's a Maxi Cleaver or whatever, mm-hmm. it clogs the paint, and then you eventually have a double team on Luka, and that makes it harder for him to do his work in mm-hmm. the paint. So that's why they keep Porzingis for how much Tingus Pingus is. Yeah. He can shoot threes. That's the only positive that keeps him out of the paint. So that's why that's my reasoning, mm-hmm. and then some people's reasoning of why they don't want to have like a, a traditional big. Yeah. Even though it would help on their defense immensely, help their defense. Yeah. No, because it would they, degrade That's, what they, that's what they need. That's what they need right now for sure. Yeah. But I think you you make a good point about clogging the paint. Yeah, that's the one thing. And one negative when you have Luca is that you need the paint open. So yeah, here's your trade. Um. So, yeah, now uh, we're getting on to my trade. Which, Welcome uh, back, by the way, to the Ben Simmons podcast. Yeah, let's, <laughs> we're bringing it back. Uh, we're bringing it back. We're bringing Ben Simmons a little back. So this one was actually probably the biggest trade out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. the most power yeah, players. So I, so I have the... Uh, a trade with the 76ers. Uh, <laughs> wait, I didn't even look at this. This is yeah, you, yeah. wait, this is actually huge. Oh big, God, this is trade. a blockbuster yeah, trade. This is kind of a blockbuster trade. But so Jeez. um so I have the Pacers receiving Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and a 2026 20, first round pick, as well as a 2028 20, first round pick. And I have the Sixers receiving TJ Warren, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and a 2025 
uh, second round pick via Miami. Now, I think that this trade works well only because of Ben Simmons. Seriously. Look, I understand that the, that the Pacers are trying to blow up the team, and, uh, and I think that that's valid. And I think if you put Ben Simmons on there, that is the ultimate tanker. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking, I'm joking. But, like, really, are you? Are you, though? Kind of. I am kind of joking. Because, like, I do no, think he, that he they wouldn't be a bad team, but, yeah. like, that is, I, I honestly do think that if you want somebody Jesus who can Christ. be a I'm possible gone. leader on uh, on the Pacers, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons would be a good fit. Yeah. On top of that, you're rebuilding your team, mm-hmm. but you still have the star impact to not right. play like crap the entire yeah, year. And then I guess something that just pops into my head for this is we know that Ben Simmons has kind of had issues with like trying to build a team around him. Right. You know, but I think if you move him to Pacers in a rebuild and you're able to build around him from a rebuild that could yeah. work out in yeah. favor. Also, that um, is not a bad idea at all. Also, I don't see why the why the uh, um, why the Sixers wouldn't jump on this. Obviously, uh, you know they have I mean, Joel Embiid. Yeah, Joel Embiid is, is a fantastic. And obviously, Darren Morey is a little cuck when it comes to trades. So sure. let's be honest here. Darren Morey is not the be- not the best sound of mind when it comes to trades. True, but so. you have you have another you have another very good. Uh, a uh, ball handler and shooter and TJ Warren uh, that would complement uh, Tobias Harris really well or be a really good backup for him. Um, and then you have Miles M- Turner and, Sabon- uh, and Sabonis, who both are very good players. Turner, in my opinion, would ride the bench behind uh, Embiid, and you would place a bonus next to Embiid. I don't, I, I don't see how that wouldn't be a dominant uh, front court to have in, mm. uh, for the Sixers. So I, I, personally, I see both both teams here having uh, great benefits off of this, uh, as well as having uh, the Pacers getting two large uh, first round picks uh, from this trade. So I mean, uh, for me, I obviously I'm biased because I made this trade, but <laughs> I think that's a, no, I think that's a good I like trade. It. You know? I like it. I like it. The only I have a critique really yes, big, a really big. I got, I got one thing to say. Um, where does Tobias Harris go? Because he's a better power forward than he is small forward, and we learned that like when they try to crowd it with Al Horford. Um, so I mean, my, they don't have Seth anymore. They don't have a starting point. They don't have right? Seth, yeah. So what I was thinking is that to modify this trade, because I like this I, like concept, trade out Miles Turner for Markham Brogdon when it comes to the when it comes to the time that his um, signed contract no player thing ends. I think Brogdon's a better fit for the Pacers than or for the Sixers. Yeah. Over then imagine if they kept Seth, Seth, Seth Curry because they lose value from um, uh, keeping Miles Turner. Imagine Seth Curry, Malcolm Brogdon, and um, who the hell um, T J Warren. Uh, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. That's an insane line. That's, like, That's yeah, an insane line. Yeah. Having great benefits. Yeah, there's there's assets you can flip around, but basically these two teams should be in talking right now mm-hmm. with like yeah. how I've seen right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, we should so. se- we should send this to them. We should send it to Daryl Moore and stop, tell him to stop being a cuck and make this trade because he tried to get Jalen Brown from us. I'm like, you're goofy. Let's move <laughs> on to the next man. move on to the next crap because I yeah. hate talking about Daryl yeah, Moore. The only thing I was gonna say about this trade is I I didn't like the idea of Miles Turner going to uh, the Sixers, but I mean the fact that I didn't even think about this for whatever reason, but the fact that you brought up Malcolm Brogdon I think would make this trade pretty much perfect. Yeah, in my opinion. Considering he he's on the trade block, so you have you have a, mm-hmm. an option there for a point guard who can facilitate. To, I might need to throw in like one more pick because I think Miles Turner gets paid a lot more than. Yeah. Brogdon or yeah. No, Brogdon gets paid twenty one, I think. Twenty one, okay. twenty to twenty one. It, it would work out ish. I think maybe yeah. you have to throw. Okay, it then I would just I would just basically but have to throw the Pacers cash. That's yeah. Right. yeah, pretty much. Okay. Which cash or trade exception or whatever. Yeah. Big deal at all. 
So something that I found interesting about all three of our trades and that you mentioned before we started this is none of them contain Karis LeVert because I do not think no, that no. any of us are on the as a Pacers, moving as, no. <laughs> Karis LeVert. I don't really see why you would want to move Karis LeVert. No. I think I mean, he's a young guy. He's great, great scorer, three-level scorer. He's a pretty good playmaker from what I've seen as well. Um, yes. And, I mean, what is he, like, shooting guard, point guard as yeah. well? Shoot, shooting, shooting guard. guard. Yeah, it's like so, an Allen Iverson, where, like, yeah. obviously not for the extent of his skill. But, but uh, yeah, like, pure yeah. scorer almost. But, yeah, basically, yeah. like, pure scorer, like, can, can move the ball around and, like, not a lie, not a liability, enough. and not a liability. Yeah, and is, it is big enough to be a shooting guard. Yeah, so yeah. I see no reason why they would want to get rid of him. You know, yeah. agreed. Yeah, so that's. I mean, we are in the role as a, a Pacers GM, and I think that all Pacers GMs agree we don't want to get rid of. Yeah, I would want to keep Karis, especially especially if you bring in, like, I mean, any of these trades that we just brought up, um, like if you bring in. Ben Simmons to the Pacers, I think him, Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon would, uh, I guess Malcolm Brogdon was We'll, we'll, we'll also, say for sake of argument that Turner stays on the team Brogdon's in that, in that trade. Yeah, yeah, for the Sixers trade, alright, so yeah, we'll go off the Sixers trade, because honestly, I think that this one is the most airtight out of the three that we've made. Most blockbuster uh, one, of course. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if it's realistic, but I think it's the most I don't know, I think this one's, I think this one, at least in my head, is pretty airtight. Um, on both either. teams, yeah. if everyone's, if everyone's <laughs> not, he's straight. not voted in yet, but uh, he hasn't he hasn't gotten any triggered by any of our takes yet. So. <laughs> That's because we haven't talked about the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> you got Wizards fan, yeah. So um, <laughs> I completely forgot I was just about to say. Sorry, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but but we should you you definitely have a lot to say about the next segment though. So oh, I'm gonna, I guess, well, I guess we all do. Actually. We all do. We all do. So. Uh, let, Okay, last, uh, I guess yesterday, I'm gonna, I guess I'll lead this segment, but yesterday Stephen A. Smith went on his little Stephen A. Smith versus the World show, um, <laughs> essentially talked about, because um, again, if you've been hearing the news, Steph Curry is about to pass Ray Allen for all-time threes in the league, mm-hmm. so he's now, ten he's 10 away Ooh. currently. <laughs> I, I mean, like we, Ray Allen. Me too, I'm a Celtics <laughs> fan, I love Ray Allen, so yeah, that's fair enough, but he brought up an interesting thing, question p- to ponder. Um, has Steph Curry taken over LeBron as this generation's NBA icon? Now, so he also he, uh, hold on, I'm going to say I'm going to say a couple more things about what right, he said. Right. Okay, he also brought some right. accolades. You know, like he won uh, NBA That's Finals and yada yada. Um, and again, I want to all this. I'm going to do the age stuff before I pass it on to you. But think about it. Steph Curry is 33. LeBron's 36. That's all I want to throw out there before we. This is a little bit of context about okay. their age range. So, so we're talking about this. Is in my opinion this. This is how, like, the question is worded. So it's, has Steph Curry taken over LeBron James as this generation's basketball or NBA icon? Icon. Yeah. Not the best player, not who's the better player. This is about icons. So when you close your eyes and you think NBA basketball, who comes into your head first? Now, (coughs) it it depends on a whole lot of things. But to me, I feel like this conversation should not include accolades and stats as much as if you were talking about who's the better player. Hell no, nah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree because, again, we're talking about, like, I guess, image and picture over, mm-hmm. like, raw basketball talent or raw basketball, like, numbers or whatever. Yeah. So you have yeah, that. I think this is, more, this is more about who is better for – not even better. I think this is about who is the more recognizable name and yes. who is kind of – going to be like if you had to take it I guess 
No, because I was going to say in a few years who would be the face of the NBA, but LeBron's probably going to retire in a few years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And still be the face somehow when he retires. Yeah, anyway. seriously. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, me and Reed were kind of <coughs> discussing this before we started recording that, um, you know, I, I think that LeBron will be up until the day that he retires, be the NBA icon. However... I do think that Steph Curry is the icon for the three-point shot and the new type of play for the NBA. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you can spin that in any way that you want. You could even say that that technically would classify as an NBA icon, but not more than LeBron, I don't think. I mean, LeBron, he, the, all he's done throughout his career has, in my opinion, overshadowed Steph Curry's. Like, we even before that... Before, when Steph Curry had won his titles and stuff, and he was gaining popularity, no one knew about him until he really started winning those titles. I mean, he like that uh, that uh, we believe uh, Warriors team, which was before him, and then ultimately he got drafted to. Um, if any of the old fans remember uh, him playing with Monte Ellis, and that he had a he had a role behind Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis was the centerpiece of that team. Yep. Um, and then eventually it became Curry's turn. Wait, who was who was on that Monte Ellis team? Wasn't there like a big big time center on that team during that time? Probably was, but I can't um, remember. Jason yeah. Richardson was also on Jason that Richardson. Team. Um, well, that's another guard. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I forgot. <coughs> I do re- I do remember that Warriors team. There was a couple guys on that team. It was uh, it was a really good team, but um, you know, like. I, I really do believe that the, that the oh that's who it was Sorry. NBA legend Andrew Bogut that's uh, what I was thinking yeah. of NBA legend I love that man I, I got to watch him and again with the Curry and everything Bogut was great he was just a great center and just an icon in general no but I agree with you in the sense of that three point modern day icon which you can spin yeah. as the NBA icon but I can when you picture the NBA and think about like what player comes to mind you close your eyes everyone thinks LeBron personally. Uh, when I grew up in my time, it's more of Kobe. I think you and I agree that since we grew up with Kobe, I think we more think of Kobe than LeBron. I mean, I, I hate Kobe, so what? I mean, okay, well, me, <laughs> well, well, no. let me let me let me just spat some fire out here. Well, let me shit. let me let me explain myself. Obviously, rest in peace to go. But um, I I uh, I hated Kobe growing up. He was a villain in my eyes. Yeah. So, like obviously, like uh, for me, uh, you know, he was one of those top dogs that I was always like. I hate you, but I have so much respect for you. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, obviously, like I like was sitting on my dad's lap watching uh, watching games as a baby. So like I mean, <laughs> I like he would just make it uh, put on Celtics games, and I would watch that stuff. But yeah. uh, so for me personally, it was Jordan because I actually was able to slightly not remember fully of it, but I could witness him playing on the Wizards. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. So. That that tenure. Also, you hate the guy who's our, who's now our logo slash in our intro now. Sure, but like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, I'm, I'm I'm glad you explained yourself immediately yeah. though because I have a feeling like, that if someone's gonna say you're gonna say I hate Kobe immediately. Just soundbite. Oh, just oh, soundbite. Yeah. Just look, oh. I, uh, look, shut us off. I, my dad was a huge Celtics fan. I had to grow up with it. I became a Suns fan over time. Just it, it, it worked itself out, but like, yeah, but I did, I do have that strong hatred towards Kobe as a player. He was frustrating to watch because he would always just beat all the teams that I like. So why would yeah. you want to dislike him? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think for me at least. So I only really got into basketball like in the past few years sure. because well, I mean, I didn't only really got into it because I live right down the hall from you, yeah. our freshman year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me at least, I haven't really seen a whole lot, but I still feel like it's always been LeBron. Yeah. 
you know, for uh, like our generation, I feel like it's always been LeBron. 100%. Personally, um, I I was in like fifth grade and I was wearing LeBron shoes. I knew who he was, but I didn't really watch basketball. But like, mm-hmm. I totally knew who he was. That's the thing, you know. Dude, like, not to cut you off or anything, but yeah, no. that's the thing. Is like, even if you're not an NBA fan or watch basketball, you still know who LeBron is. Mm-hmm. And I feel why. like you still know who Curry is for sure. But yeah. I feel like it's less. Like better. it's definitely. I, I think not it's as LeBron. big. Like when yeah, you no, close no. your eyes, and also, I mean, Trish brought up a good point. You know, sitting over there on the couch. Um, <laughs> no, he did. He said that I think he thinks it's like an, an age thing as well. It is. Where like it you guys totally just is. talked about it. You guys were watching. Kobe, Kobe was big in your eyes. It was. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to show his face. No, he's a little shy boy. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely. Age yeah. Thing. So now I feel like. Imagine so, the next like generation the young, talking Like, the younger kids yeah. now, like, kids, I mean, you know, we're not that much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, you know, you're talking about, like, 15, 14, 13-year-olds right now watching basketball. They're probably thinking about, like, like LaMelo. Well, that, and also, I was going to, I mean, like, Curry, for sure. Curry, I, don't, I think LaMelo is on the rise. And, but like, Luka Doncic, yeah. I think, for sure. Yeah, like, Jason, Jason, like, Trey. Jason Tatum. Trey, Trey the villain. He's Jason like, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yeah, you know, yes, like, all those guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, I feel like it's definitely an age thing right now. Booker. Booker. Maybe. You want to talk about a villain? To everybody but the sun. Yes. That's what I love Absolutely. about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't I would like to say Tatum. Again, I grew up with Tatum as well. Because especially I saw him get drafted. So I'm gonna say my guy, next guy next to Kobe is Tatum because I saw him right when he got drafted after we blew up the damn KG era, KG, you know, Paul Pierce era. Mm-hmm. So rip that, rip that Celtics nice, team because nice. that was I think my favorite all time team to watch. Um, just because of how they were. Bird was pretty good. Was okay, Bird, Bird was good, but I think we were alive. Yeah. We were alive. I was alive for the super team because... That was before our time. No, Warriors, hell no. Cavs, hell no. Miami Heat, hell no. So I'm just like, the Celtics 08 team will always be in my heart. So, fair, fair. yeah. Anyway, uh, I mean, do you guys have any other things? Because, like, I think we pretty much just shat on Stephen A's take. Because I think Basically. I think Stephen A. Uh, we didn't I didn't mention it, but Stephen A. I think he was leaning towards that Steph Curry was the NBA icon. And I think a big thing of what Stephen A. Smith was trying to argue for is what we brought up originally was that stats. Steph Curry is the face. He brought up the stats, which I don't agree with. I don't think this is a stats conversation. Yeah. But he's saying that like Steph Curry is the face of the new. And James was talking about it as well. How Steph Curry is the new face of the new NBA yeah. and what we're playing now. Because, you know, I mean, way back, even, like, when LeBron was playing in the early 2000s, like, people were not chucking up, like, 30-footers, you know, without no, hesitation. No. Yeah. Like, that just wasn't happening. And now it is. So I feel like that's definitely a big part of um, kind of, like, why people would see Steph as more of an icon as opposed to LeBron. Last thing to add, just, like, real quick, mm-hmm. um, just because I... I uh, took note of it uh, the other day. I saw it on uh, social media somewhere. I, f- I forget which app, but um, I saw that like uh, there was a interview with um, Damian Lillard, and I, I I would say personally that Dame has contributed into that uh, kind of new generational uh, mm. oh, absolutely. shooting type. Absolutely. So, um, I, I wanted to just throw that out there that Dame I think is also. Um, with Curry, not uh, maybe on par, but you know he's he's involved for rec- with that. Yeah, recognizability, for recognition, yeah, recognition. Yeah, recognition. A better word, recognizability. That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's, we pretty much just crapped on Stephen A. Anyway, yeah, his, his hairline still receding to this day. So <laughs> that's all I want to say. Again, 
We'll see. I we'll see again because we don't know. Again, we don't. We're not. I guess we're not in that age group anymore. Like the young age group who's like who's trying to find the new influence or that next star. So mm-hmm. we're in that older generation. Yeah, like old, head mentality. old head yeah, mentality. Yeah, yeah. Old head mentality. I guess. So yeah, we will see who the next icon will be. Hopefully, it'll be someone we actually enjoy watching, not some BS um, Ben Simmons or something like that. Yeah. Like I'm bringing him. I'm bringing him yeah, back up. He's always. He's never gonna leave. Oh, he's like, yeah. he, he his haunts ghost us. haunts this podcast. Yeah. He will yeah, he will always <laughs> come back. His ghost haunts this, this podcast. podcast. He haunts this casting couch that we have. Okay. Pause. Pause. What? All right. Pause. All right. That means that means we gotta cut the show. But yeah. We're Again, we're done. <laughs> we'll see y'all hopefully with the Zoom pod- uh, Zoom shows, and we're gonna keep hopefully it going. Reed won't be back. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. Well, this is our last in-person show. We'll see y'all. I guess next week. And also, we're gonna have a Christmas special. We're definitely making a Christmas special. Agreed. On Zoom. Yes, the Ulog episode. The Ulog episode. Ulog episode. So yeah, look okay, out. I'm for, a big fan of the Ulog episode. Look out for that. And again, if you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I have no idea what's on there, so just I guess subscribe. So yeah, we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.